prices super high. The people will throw it out there uh, who are trying to resell their tickets and they're going to go for the gusto. It'll settle down a little bit, right? Um, according to one of the ticket reseller sites, uh, Raiders games, there's four of them in the top five of highest price on the resale market. That's the way it's going to be for the first couple of years. First of all, this is the best place to come and watch a football game. Everyone's going to want to do Vegas at least once to watch their team. Right? We have a smaller stadium. People paid through the nose to get their PSLs. So the tickets are going to be high. And for Las Vegas residents like myself and John Von Tobel, I know my reaction. Good. And the hotel rates are going to be super high. Well, guess what? That means the hotel tax revenue is going to be high. And I'm good on all of that. Because, John, I got lectured for the last five years by people outside the market, especially non-Vegas Raiders fans, who were like, you're not paying for it. Yes, we are. We always have been. We always have been. That's our money. We could use on lots of different things. So I love what's going on. I love what's going on. And do I feel bad for some Raiders fans outside the market? Because this is, you know, this is appointment viewing. They want to be here. And they're looking at the prices they're like, oh, my God, I can't afford that. Yeah, that's the way it was going to be. And you're the ones who were telling us that we don't pay for it. The tourists do. Well, you're tourists. So guess what? Now it's your time to pay for it. And this isn't trying to be mean. I saw uh, one guy in a conversation said, uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. When I saw the ticket prices, I was like, oh, no. Home is the right place at the right time with the right drinks and great food, just the way I like it. I just can't justify a mortgage payment to watch football. Those who can, have fun. And here's the thing. There are lots who can. And it's going to be a while. They, okay. Listen, this is the way it was with the Knights the first year, especially because they won so much. Those people who put down season ticket deposits on the Knights took a risk. They also are technically part of the reason why the team is here. And so when they got a chance, and it may not have been the most pleasant thing for home environment, when they got the chance to sell to Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, you know, keep going, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and they could get five times the value on their ticket, they did it. They did it. This one's even worse, though, mm-hmm. because PSL prices, we're talking about 25 to 30% of the crowd paid somewhere between $10,000 and $75,000 just for the right to buy the ticket. So you think they're going to sell tickets at face value after not being able to go last year? They're all teed up like, one, we're going to a lot of the games. And if you want to go to the Ravens game, the first ever game at Raider Stadium with fans, you think you're going to get it? You're gonna get my ticket for what? What you know, two hundred and seventy-five dollars? No, it's a thousand. So that's where I see I see a lot of people who are from outside the market, and especially media people who've been here like a year. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know Las Vegas. You don't know what we've been through to get this thing done. You don't know what people really paid. You don't talk to people on the ground. This is going to be an incredibly hot ticket, and I don't feel bad about it at all. At all? Yep. Uh, neither do I. And you know, I saw th- I saw some of the pushback too on, on Vinny B's timeline. I think there was one guy who said, "Not a not a parental playoff team for the last six years. Didn't allow fans in. Where do they get off charging this much? Like it's demand, baby. It's not it's not the Raiders. It's not the Raiders. It's not the I read people all the time. If you want free market, here's free market. Right. You don't want government assistance. You don't want uh you know caps on stuff. Control. This is the free market. Yep. You're right. In reality, you are talking about a team that has been 500 mostly recently. 
but the demand here is going to be incredible. It just that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, the hotels, I mean, the hotels are the reason. That's the real reason mm-hmm. why the money went through the seven hundred fifty million dollars. Why they agree because essentially the hotels, the casino groups also agreed to having the fifteen torn up for years. It's going to be torn up for years. That's not going to be great for business at times, non-football season, but there's going to be a payoff, and the payoff begins freaking the Seattle preseason game will be off the charts to get into. And for locals, here's the, here's the depressing part. Um, you're, you know, Unless you got a lot of money, you're probably not going to be able to go to games. Unless you put up the money for season tickets, it's going to be a hard ticket to get. But we need to recoup our money. It's not going to happen all in one year, but I can, I can guarantee you this. Between the ticket holders and Las Vegas power brokers, they're going to try to recoup a lot this year. And you're going to pay. If you're outside the market, you're paying. And, well, and I do think it's a bummer, like, if you really wanted to go. I mean, me personally, I braced myself, like, when this was coming, like, I'm probably not going to go to Raiders game for the first, like, five years, right? Because you know how in demand this is going to be. And every single game is going to be, you know, hey, road trip, mark the calendar, let's go to Vegas, let's watch our team play the Raiders. But at the end of the day, I think this is more important that the city itself is going to recoup some of this back. Yes. After everything they shelled out. But you're right. It's the same people. Is that there? So what are you complaining about? It's not your money. Who are being like, I can't afford this ticket. <laughs> Someone's got to pay. Right. You guys said it was Torres. If you're coming from out of town, you got to pay. That's just the way it goes. Yep. Sorry. Kind of like it. We'll have more on this. Basic in economics. It's just amazing when people are like, you know, build, 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 uh, build stadiums and arenas for public money. It's not your money. And then when the tickets are super expensive, like someone has to, someone will pay in the end. And it's going to be you guys who pay. And the prices aren't. There's not going to be a market correction. There'll be a little bit of a market correction. I'm telling you, based on experience and what the Vegas Golden Knights ticket holders could get for their tickets, this is going to be an outrageous ticket to grab. And that's great for Vegas. And anything that's great for Vegas, I'm into, man. I'm down with it. I will fight you tooth and nail on it. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Fired up on this Thursday, 2 o'clock hour. Let's get into it. Xavier Pope joins us every week, and we got some really good stuff to get into with our legal analyst and uh, a bunch of other stories that have gone down the last week or so, sports and otherwise. Uh, got to start off with this one. There is a Major League COVID outbreak. Yes, going on right now as we feel like we're coming out of the pandemic. Both the Yankees and the Padres have an issue here and I think a lot of it comes down to guys on the team or folks in the organization who don't want to get the vaccine and Xavier I like I want to hold back I feel like I'm being insensitive but I, I look at this like it's time to get back to work do what you're supposed to do we talked about this last week didn't we Steve yes about the challenge of the fact that people have whatever information they be getting personally about the vaccine them and their families um then also the private health issues that about di- disclosing whether you're vaccinated or not. Then we have even situations where there are people who are selling fake vaccine cards where there are so many different holes to get through where people can act like they're vaccinated when they're really not. We're going to continue to see this happen, Steve. Um, th- even if people are vaccinated, there is a small chance that they could also come down with COVID. I know multiple people who have taken a vaccine, um, Johnson & Johnson, that um, they wind up actually getting COVID as well. Um, so it's just, uh, this is the reality. This is a part of what we're going to have to deal with. 
This is not 100% foolproof. Um, it, it's just like, you know, once the influenza vaccine came through, people are still getting sick to this day from the flu. It's the same way with COVID. COVID is a part of our lives and we're just going to have to deal with it. But I just don't understand the anti-vax stuff. We, we, throughout history, you know, we're a little bit older. Throughout history, we've basically eradicated stuff, buddy. I know, right? Uh, we have we have eradicated <laughs> things that were you know really problematic in the past. You know, stuff like mumps and measles, and the you know even worse polio. And people just did what they were supposed to do. Society got back to normal. And I don't know. I look at Vegas. I, I actually I hold Vegas up as an example. We need to reopen. People need uh, to get back to work. We need people to come here and feel safe. And we need our workers safe. So they put in a baseline. Each property, each company had to get to 88% vaccinations, and it started off with Wynn and Encore coming through, getting to that threshold and beyond about two weeks ago. Xavier, we've got 24 properties now that have gone beyond 88%, and they're all going to be open to 100%. That, that's commu- that, that right there is community effort. Let's get the town open again. Let's get the economy cranking again. Props to Vegas, really, um, to really setting actionable goals to get vaccinated and getting those properties up to speed and making that place safe for people to be able to visit. Um, I think that um, incentivizing people to get vaccinated may be something that is part of our our life. We see what's happening in Ohio, going to give five people a million dollars, right? It turns out it's 50 times more likely to get this a million bucks than it is to win the lottery. So this isn't something that's uh, out of the way type of deal. If you got to give people a million bucks to get vaccinated, so be it. Vax a million from uh, the governor, Mike DeWan. You don't see the other side of this where people are like, hey, this is kind of ridiculous. Is this really a good use of public money? Public money will be used on public health if we don't have people vaccinated. It's about the uh, how do you use resources? And if uh, part of that is incentivizing people to be able to get vaccinated. So be it if it's a new car, if it's a million bucks, if it's seats to the game, if it's you know, if it's if, if it's seat to the opera or seat to the concert, I don't care. As long as people get their butts vaccinated and get safe so we can move to a more safer society. As long as they, if they don't have any health issues that are associated with that, then so be it. Xavier Pope is with us here on this Thursday. So we are, we're dealing with crisis, right? We got COVID crisis, uh, anti-vaxxer crisis. Uh, the latest one we're dealing with is the gas crisis, which really isn't a crisis. These things happen. Uh, supply lines get cut or, you know, disasters happen. Prices go up. Prices go up almost every summer. We're back to normal now and people are crazy. So what do you think of the reaction in some parts of this country hoarding gas and just acting a fool? Okay. Public service announcement for the audience at ESPN Vegas. Do not put gas inside of a plastic bag or any bag. bag. Shopping bag. Shopping bag. I mean, that's Cray America Industries on Seinfeld already tried this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it didn't work out for Cray America Industries. It's not going to work out for you either. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw we've seen people, you know, uh, filling up uh, 12 of the, you know, 12, 14, 15 of the traditional gas cans, piling it into the back of their car from a legal standpoint. Uh, at well, obviously they're at risk of getting into an accident and going up in flames. I just wonder for the rest of us on the road, like, are we protected from morons who are bagging their gas, throwing it into a storage container, or having you know twelve gas cans in the back of their car? I know because you don't really know, Steve, what they have in their car in their in their trunk. That if they have you know five or six ca- you know canisters of gas stored, and then you know something you get into an accident where it explodes. I mean, this is a pretty extreme case. Hope it doesn't happen. 
But in the time of stupidity, people get stupid. And people have been inside and people have had it. We have the fourfold increase in mental health issues that are going on. We've had so many different people that are impacted by so much going on. Getting out and, 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 and now you have expensive gas. We don't know what the type of world we're opening ourselves up to when we get back out there and we have misinformation and people just decided to go on their own route and it's causing people to do really, really dumb things. Did you see the uh, odd piece from uh, an L.A. station, uh, the Fox station in L.A., where they were, were talking to men on the street and one of them happened to be Mr. Cooper, hanging with Mr. Cooper, Mark Curry? What was going on there? Did the, did the reporter not know who he was? Did they do that on purpose? Did Mark Curry request you know, that he didn't get a, uh, you know, celeb treatment. Yeah, I, I saw this from KTLA and love, I got some friends over at KTLA, love those folks over there. But that I didn't see the, the full context of that interview, but I just saw it said Mark Curry, right. then driver underneath. And I thought that was odd for him to do something like that or the station to be able to do something like that. But that being said, it did get an attention. So if they just interviewed him and just talked to him and they put actor Mark Curry it would have went and no one would have cared about it. But the yeah. fact that they labeled him driver made this get more attention. So um, more for them. I, I, this, it, it, if it, it was intentional or unintentional, it was something that people saw and it was content that was able to be shared and get uh, more attention. To I hope he's doing well because I know he had some rough times about 15 years ago. It was on the verge of, uh, of suicide. So I hope he's working. I hope he's, you know, bouncing back. And that guy was, a. Uh, again, I don't want to date us because uh, you just said I was old and you're not. Um, that guy was a megastar on uh, TGIF on uh, ABC <laughs> Friday nights back in like the early nineties. I mean, a Hank megastar, Cooper, dude. Yep. People forget how big hanging with Mr. Cooper was. Um, shout out to Mark Curry. Hey man, brother, if you listen to ESPN Vegas and hey, you're on the West coast, hey, we send you all the love, <laughs> we love um, you. and all the and be, and best blessings, my brother. Okay. What I don't love is another crisis that's going on right now. And the way it's being covered uh, we've got and we've had a wage crisis going on for a long time. Wages really haven't gone up uh, since we were, I keep saying old and young guys, since we were, uh, it's been static, right? It's been static for like 20 years now. And I, I think this is being covered oddly because I think a lot of people out there who have a lot of money are like, people don't want to work. No, people don't want to work for crappy wages anymore. This, it, it's, I think the pandemic revealed a lot of truths about our society and how it functions and how people wanted to live, how people want to now live their lives moving forward. They want to be able to design a life and work around how they enjoy their actual lives and not look up at 50, 60 years old. And then it's, oh, uh, now you're retired, but you're old and you can't really do a lot of different things you did before. So I think that people are recognizing that, that they want to live a different type of life. People are, you know, we have the, the less value of a college education. Now we have, you know, wages have been really stagnant, as but we've seen the 1% increase significantly in wealth. And so people are looking at the inequality in society, and they want to be able to fix society and make it a more functional, equitable society. There's nothing wrong for people to think that. And the main people are claiming people aren't working are people who don't work, <laughs> who make passive income that are telling other people to come into the office while they go play golf and, and sail with their buddies. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I saw that McDonald's as a whole just decided to bump its salaries by 10%, and I think more companies need to do that, and people will be fired up to get back to work. And you know what? Here's the funny thing. We started off the conversation talking about people being leery of the government, being leery of stuff like vaccines. Well, how about people who are leery of our wage system, are leery of employers, are leery of the people who laid most of us off? kicked us to the street, and now those same people are like, hey, come back. Oh, you don't want to work? You're lazy. No, we don't trust you. 
And first and foremost, the places are asking people to come back into certain spaces. What mechanism they've put in place to keep people safe, number one. Um, number two, how, how have you addressed um, child care, long-term health benefits, paid time off, mental health benefits? How have you addressed making people's lives actually better instead of a plugging a cog in the engine and make, uh, make the, the, the board and make other folks more money? It needs to be better. It needs to be more equitable. Uh, there was an interesting story on a legal front. There was a restaurant manager uh, who was actually ordered to pay more than $500,000 in restitution. I have no idea how this person's going to do it. But in South Carolina, a uh, manager uh, forced a guy to work 100 hours every week for years and years without pay, uh, subjected the person to verbal and physical abuse. And uh, the original case was asking for $273,000 in restitution. And the judge came through with an order and was like, no, it's actually more than this. It's half a million. So this abusive manager, again, I don't know how the person's going to pay, but a message was sent here, stop treating your employees like crap. I thought we had an amendment that you shouldn't enslave people. Um, <laughs> sounds, sounds a lot like slavery. Um, this sounds really odd. Um, no one should be abused by their bosses. And I think that we've had a, a, a decrease in collective bargaining in this country. Um, and I think that the competition for for jobs in terms of people just accepting whatever from jobs has 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 led to people to don't to not think that collective bargaining should exist in our society. But many of the different benefits that we've seen, basic benefit we take for granted, the eight hour work day, all the, these are all from collective bargaining and from unionizing. And so unions get a bad rap, but they are part of the engines of driving to make conditions better. We see what it does in profession, for professional athletes, help them get richer. It can actually help the lives of um, Joe, mom and Joe. Yeah, I think that people should take a chill pill and focus on their uh, their own lives. There's this old gospel song that says, sweep around your own front door before you sweep around mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's the important thing to remember. I need to take a chill pill, so we're going to take a break. Xavier's coming back with us on the way back. Uh-oh, this is not going to be chill. We're going to get into Tim Tebow and his opportunity in the NFL, and uh, I've been told all week by other guests that it's apples and oranges. I don't think Xavier thinks it's apples and oranges, so we'll come back and talk about that. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Rolling on Thursday, Silver 7s live with Xavier Pope. Good conversation. All the ills of this society, legal issues. It's a good society, but uh, we do need some fixes. And, well, Urban Meyer is trying to fix things. We were just talking about jobs and wages. Xavier, he's given a man a chance. Tim Tebow wants to live out the dream of playing in the NFL again. He's back, baby. Yeah, Tim Tebow deserves the right to play in the National Football League if he has a coach that thinks his talent set should put him on the field. The problem with that is Tim Tebow hasn't played a, a regular season snap since 2012 against Buffalo Bills, December 30th of that year. Well, guess who started in the Super Bowl that year? Colin Kaepernick, um, who is going to be spending his fifth season outside of the National Football League. I've talked about this in my latest episode of Suit Up News. And, and a lot of people are saying, well, Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick are two completely different issues. No, it is not two completely separate issues. If you're giving the opportunity for Tim Tebow to, to use his unlimited ageless white privilege on one hand, while on the other hand, you have a black athlete, Colin Kaepernick, that speaks for issues that the NFL now seemingly seems to support, <laughs> but he doesn't have a job, then you're being hypocritical as a league. And so it's not just that for African-Americans. You've seen been the most vocal um, opponents of what's happened. 
It's that we, the feeling that there's these issues of these cultural fights that come up all the time that that black people feel they have to step up and defend because there are real issues that are happening outside and that that those on the right are using to advance real legislation like Dr. Seuss. And, and we saw that with the Mr. Potato Head, but they're on having congressional hearings about ways they can impact the lives of marginalized groups, Steve. It's uh, pretty amazing, the uh, dichotomy between Tebow and Kaepernick. And, you know, fact is they were actually born four months apart and uh, the experiences were both uh, much, much different. Uh, what do you think of Tebow as a football player? Do you think he's going to make it? I, I actually celebrate the fact that he's making a run at it. There are a lot of there are a lot of former NFL players who are pissed off about this. Yeah, because Tim Tebow is afforded a privilege that maybe not they may not necessarily have. A 33-year-old tight end in the National Football League is not a <laughs> common thing. Right. <laughs> number number one, there is you, you have there's a tight end for the Rams, 33, 34 years old. He's sitting out there. Uh, and, and not getting signed to to a contract, but this extends beyond just Tim Tebow. Is we see this in the coaching realm, and we see this in in, in, in front office where there are people who are mediocre whites get the opportunity to be in positions that they don't necessarily deserve. When the 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 refrain for African Americans is you got to work twice as hard or be twice as good to be able to get the same opportunities, and so. Tim Tebow has not proven himself as a tight end in the National Football League. Never played the position in the National Football League. So he's being converted and getting, getting a chance to do something he's never done. A lot of people have compared him to like a Make-A-Wish Foundation for a kid, but I don't think that's appropriate to say that. Um, those kids deserve those opportunities to be able to be in front of people. And But Tim Tebow is not even – he's not that. He's a grown 33-year-old man who does not deserve the spot that he's in not saying we're not I don't really have anything against Tebow the man like I don't really care if he gets the spot or not but I care that others are not yeah I don't have anything against him either I'm, I'm I'm probably one of the bigger supporters of him you know getting you know doing what he's doing on sports radio because there's a lot of hate for Tebow but what drives me nuts is the same football narratives that people throw out there and uh, you're lying either you're lying or you're ignorant so I saw someone tweeted you Team Tebow is getting signed because he knows how to throw a football. Stop, okay? That's why he's not – he wasn't in the NFL because he had chance after chance. He is a running back. He's an H-back who can throw a little bit, and then the person says Colin Kaepernick isn't getting signed because he doesn't know how to throw a football. His last year in the NFL, he threw 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. He knows how to throw the football. That is ridiculous. Stop with that narrative. You're just lying. Yeah, I think that people are just hanging on to a narrative from a political purpose. The person that – that posited that point was someone who does have no, they have no background in sports. She lost a congressional race. Oh God. Um, and she stick to politics, I, stick to politics. Yeah, politics you know, she, she's not even good at politics. She's just an African, she's an African-American woman using the platform to be anti-black, to be able to appeal to oh, bigots. So we have that, that, that issue to deal with, but there are people who want to keep that narrative to keep selling that narrative for, you know, for other things in their lives to advance their political and media careers, whatever. But I mean, it, it, if you're talking about Colin Kaepernick and Tebow throwing a football, it has nothing to do with the fact that Tim Tebow is being recruited as a tight end. And if you're getting mad right now listening, because this is an old wound that we're opening up, uh, just know I will say it again. I'm for giving both opportunities. Both should get an opportunity. One should not be arbitrarily shut out, and it's not arbitrary. We know why. Uh, cap has been shut out. 
Uh, I watched HBO over the weekend. <clears throat> I try to watch John Oliver as much as possible. John Oliver did a story. He devoted a lot of time to the issue of black hair. Was that story good? If it was, why is that important? Yeah, Steve. John Oliver did a magnificent job of dedicating last week with John Oliver to black hair and some of the issues around black hair. One of the reasons why I enjoyed it because he he was self-aware. I'm a white man attempting to tell a black story. So in order for me to tell this black story as a white man, first I have to acknowledge that I'm a white guy telling the story and I can't sit in the shoes of black people having this experience, number one. Then number two, I'm going to use black people, black experts, black witnesses of, of how they've been treated. I'm going to use black talent uh, he used to be able to help tell this story. So I'm not feeding you this story and say, believe me, the white man. I'm using the people that are most impacted, most most affected by this. It was around a variety of issues around work, around around being in Hollywood, around uh, a lot of the discrimination, even in the sports world with the young kid that had his dreads cut off. It was a very comprehensive way to describe how hair discrimination and the crown acts in multiple states um, being proffered. I think it was a really great job by John Oliver. He gets committed for doing that. I love the fact that he brought up the uh, Penn State alum, Penn State football fan, who wrote a letter to the program and uh, talked about a kid basically not being clean cut. That's not what we want. What's hanging out of your helmet? This is gross. And that reps reps the way a lot of people will. Again, I go back to judging others. That reps the way a lot of people look at African-Americans. Clay Matthews, man, had, had had hair down his back for the majority of his career. Yep. We'd see him just throw his hair back. Um, Kevin Green used to play with the Los Angeles Rams. Long, long hair would play all that. So there's so many white athletes we've seen with long hair, yeah. and no one cared about how long their hair was when they were playing. And we're not just talking about the New York Yankees who had their guys shave their their hair. and their, their, That's a completely separate setup where they're just having all the guys be clean cut. But in situations where you're judging people strictly on the content of your hair, it's racist. And that is why it is important for us to recognize that your hair is part of your culture as well. Pretty amazing. Yesterday was like a national holiday for sports fans. It's uh, it's a date on the sports calendar now yearly. The NFL schedule release. Were you paying attention to the freaking frenzy over this thing? And I'll just tell you, for Vegas, a lot of it is about getting our stadium open uh, getting tourists back to town. We built this stadium in partnership with uh, at least $750 million, probably over a billion when we finish up the roads around the stadium. So we want our payoff. So it's a really big deal here in Vegas. And guess what? Your Bears are coming to town. Get ready. And by the way, for Bears fans, get ready for this. You're going to pay a lot because our football team here, the Raiders and that stadium for the first two or three years, it is going to be really expensive to come and watch NFL football in Las Vegas. Well, Chicago Bears fans travel as, as, as well as, uh, as as any fan franchise in the National Football League. You're looking at the Bears, Steelers, Packers. Um, the, I mean, probably maybe, maybe Patriots fans, but those are the fans that travel the most. You're going to see them take over your city to watch games. And so the Chicago fans will pay, and they're going to take over Vegas. They're going to pay up, dude. I'm, I'm telling you. Mark my words. We're gonna when we talk in October. Yeah. What is it? When that that when Chicagoans come take over Vegas, you're, we're, I'm gonna say I told you so, Steve. Chicago fans will come travel. They will take over your city. Just these are diehard fans. It's one of the oldest and most storied franchises in sports. But and they're just gonna do it no matter how good the team is. 
People are excited to go to Vegas. You're going to see definitely an influx of fans. It doesn't matter how much the cost is. Oh, yeah. I was excited to see the Bears on the schedule. I think the Eagles fans will travel really well. Baltimore might yep. travel pretty well. Um, that's week five of the NFL season. Are the Raiders going to be facing QB1 or QB1? Because now, cause there's people now who have a QB1 t-shirt for Justin Fields. Are they going to face week five, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? That's a that's a tough question to answer because we don't know exactly how those guys are going to do in the preseason. But I think Justin Fields has to prove himself. Um, if Andy Dalton is competent in the preseason, Andy Dalton will be, will be QB1 of the football season for the Chicago Bears. No matter what Chicago Bears fans feel about it, if he delivers in the, in the preseason and is competent, if it's, he's competent, then he's going to be starting the season and Justin Fields is going to get an opportunity to learn and, and, and get his shot. But if, if, if there is some sort of slippage there, Justin Fields will be on the field before week five. Uh, I hope it's Fields. I think the Raiders win the home game against the Bears no matter what. So a uh, lot, ne- lot, lot of negativity out there about the Raiders. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. All right, we got to close on uh, – we always talk about at least one or two food items. Uh, Xavier's an excellent chef. He's a vegan so I have no idea where you stand on mayo. It, mayo is a very, very disputed topic. And I know uh, one of the brands that's pushing mayo, they want a face of mayo. They're, they're doing a promotion right now. The face of mayo. Are you in on this? Mayo is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I guess not. It, 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 people talk about garlic aioli. It's enough aioli, whatever. It's 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 fancy mayo. Uh, I Mayo is, is something I never put as a condiment. I never buy it. Um, there's no purpose for it. It's gross. I've hated it since I was a kid. Um, it, people talk about potato salad and stuff like that. That's pretty much one of the few uses you could have for mayo, but mayo is a completely useless condiment and is at the bottom of the list for me. Maybe mix up some tuna with a little mayo. Maybe. I'm vegan. I'm not eating tuna. That's a good point. <laughs> good, good point. I, I can't follow the rules. That's, that's a pretty easy one. Um, all right. How about this? I, I think mayo is gross. So gross that I will take Fritos over mayo. Goodness, that's a really bad choice. And there was someone I was on that it, it trended on uh, on Twitter this week about eating Fritos. Listen, <laughs> no one goes on a date after eating Fritos. Okay, right? Yeah. No one, no one goes into a job interview after eating Fritos. There's no, there's no person to person interaction after eating Fritos. And people compare. People literally compare smelly feet to this product. Well, some people like smelly feet. Not me. I Not don't. You, I, I really don't. I abhor smelly feet. I, I freak. But I love. I love Fritos. I love Fritos, especially the like the deep chips. Now you can dip. It's good. Not the not the little thin Fritos. You get the the wide ones. Give a pop because it's very important. We talked about the subject earlier, but to suit up news this week. Suit up news this week. Use hashtag suit up news to see the latest episode. Go to my Twitter timeline at Xavier Pope, E-X-A-V-I-R-P-O-P-E. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick versus Tim Tebow and the impact it has on the culture war going on in society. Xavier, great spot. I appreciate you spending all the time with us. Thank you. All the time. Thank you. Love you, bro. Three o'clock hours on the way, and we'll get into uh, NBA. Last couple days of the season. Last night, a big one for the Nets, or was it? James Harden came back, but the full team wasn't there again.